Blog Talk Radio. Now, the man I'm about to introduce is a rare talent. He not only sings, he sings fine gospel, but he's a fantastic writer. His composition of my tribute can be found in many of our modern-day hymnals. He's a Grammy Award winner four times over, a dynamic performer. Ladies and gentlemen, my special guest star, Andre Crouch. I'm so glad for the very promise of the Lord. And whether you believe it or not, we can really say a song that I put together some time ago. But it says, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. If you feel like clapping your hands, do so. It's okay.
Imagine starting your day, not just with a cup of coffee or a quick glance at your phone, but with a powerful assurance that today can be extraordinary. Picture yourselves stepping into each moment, fueled not just by your plans and efforts, but by a divine promise of guidance and blessing. If you believe that God can make a difference in your life today, let us stand together in faith. I will pray a powerful prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. My friends, in the quiet moments of our mornings lies a precious opportunity to shape the hours ahead with hope, grace, and intention. It is in these serene early moments that we find our hearts most open to the whispers of God and where our souls are most receptive to His guiding hand. Let us reflect on the words from Psalm 118, verse 24, which says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This verse isn't just a statement. It's an invitation to align our hearts with a spirit of gratitude and joy. It reminds us that each day is a divine gift, intricately woven with possibilities and opportunities for us to discover and embrace. As we pray for a good day, we are not merely asking for favorable circumstances. We are also seeking to tune in our hearts to the beauty and blessings that each day holds. When we approach our day with prayer, we are not just hoping for the best. We are placing our trust in the one who holds all our days in his hands. We acknowledge that our own strength is limited but in God we find an unlimited source of strength wisdom and peace therefore our prayer becomes a powerful testament to our faith a declaration that we choose to rely on God's promises and his unfailing love to guide us through the day as we face the unknowns of the day with courage we ask not just for the absence of trouble but for the presence of God's peace that surpasses all understanding. This peace becomes our steady companion, guiding our thoughts, words, and actions, turning ordinary moments into extraordinary encounters with God's grace. As we seek God for a good day, we seek to align our will with God's will. It is in this sacred exchange that we find the essence of a truly good day, one that is not measured merely by worldly successes, but also by how closely we walk with the Lord. It's about seeing His hand in every detail, feeling His presence in every challenge, and hearing His voice in the quiet whispers of our hearts. So, my friends, let us come together in prayer, not only wishing for a better day, but as a powerful act of faith and surrender. Let us pray with hearts, full of hope, trusting that God is with us, guiding our steps and turning every day into a testament of His love and faithfulness. Today, as we seek a good day, let's remember 
that it begins here, in this moment of prayer, where heaven touches earth and your heart finds true joy in the Lord's embrace. Now, to all those within the sound of my voice, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me so that you can have all the blessings of this prayer. You may also listen to this prayer daily as you build your faith and come in agreement. Let us pray to our gracious and loving God, Heavenly Father, Creator of the heavens and earth, I come before you with a heart full of praise and thanksgiving. Your majesty and glory are beyond comprehension, and your love for us is unending. I exalt your holy name and acknowledge your sovereignty over all things. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and in your presence I find true peace and fulfillment. Lord, I thank you for this new day, a precious gift from your generous hands. I am grateful for the breath in my lungs, the strength in my body, and the opportunities that lie ahead. Your mercies are new every morning, and your faithfulness is as boundless as the sky. For the love and grace that you have given to me and my loved ones, I am eternally thankful. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth and in my life, as it is in heaven. As I stand in your presence, I ask for forgiveness of my sins, both known and unknown. Cleanse my heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. I also forgive those who have wronged me, releasing any bitterness or resentment, for in forgiveness I find freedom. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare victory over my day. I seek your guidance and wisdom in every decision I make. Lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Enlighten my mind with your divine insight and help me discern your will in all things. In every conversation, every interaction, in every choice, let your wisdom be my guide. Lord, I ask for your strength and courage. In moments of weakness, be my fortress. When I face trials and tribulations, be my rock. Let your courage fill my heart, enabling me to overcome obstacles and stand firm against the winds of adversity. I'm grateful that in your strength I can achieve all things. For with you all things are possible. I pray for your peace to surround me today. Let it guard my heart and mind. In the midst of chaos, let your peace reign. Let it be a beacon of hope to those around me, a testament to your calming presence in my life. Protect me, Lord, from all harm. Be my shield and defender against the schemes of the enemy. Keep me and my loved ones safe under the shadow of your wings. Deliver us from all evil and lead us away from temptation. Protect us in our going out 
and our coming in. Today and forevermore, I pray for health and well-being, not just for myself, but also for my loved ones. Heal us from every sickness and disease. Mend what is broken within us and revive what has grown weary. I thank you, Lord, that you are the great physician, the healer of all our ailments, and in your hands there is restoration and peace. Your word says that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed, and I claim that promise over our lives today. I pray for deliverance from the spirits of fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and discouragement, and ask for your powerful intervention to break these chains and set me free in the name of Jesus. Lord, prosper the work of my hands. Open doors of opportunity and bless my goals and aspirations. May your abundance flow in my life and let me be a blessing to others. In your loving kindness, I ask that you meet my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, fill me with your love and compassion. Let me be a vessel of your grace, showing kindness and understanding to everyone I encounter. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke all forms of attacks by the enemy. I declare that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I bind the spirit of delay, disappointment, and stagnation in the name of Jesus. I rebuke bonds of oppression and any plans of the enemy to derail your purpose for my life. Lord, as I say this prayer together with everyone listening, I am grateful for every heart that is humbled before you right now as we come in agreement, praying for each other. Let your Holy Spirit move among us, touching every life, healing every wound, and fulfilling every need. In your infinite grace, we ask that you align your blessings to meet us right where we are. May your favor be upon us. May your protection surround us, and may your peace dwell within us. We declare that everything is working for us and not against us. Deliver us from all accidents and negative incidents. We are grateful that your goodness and mercies shall follow us all the days of our lives. Gracious Lord, we pray that you will help us to have a good day today. We claim victory over our challenges, declare healing over our bodies, and we thank you for your unwavering protection. As this day ends, we return with hearts full of thankfulness for every lesson learned, for every blessing received. We give you glory. Lord, may your Holy Spirit guide us, comfort us, and empower us in all our ways. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, 
I pray, Amen. If you were blessed by this prayer, type the word Amen in the comment section below. I declare that...
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Faith in his arm. That's what I'm talking about today. Being safe. And the only way we can be safe is if we're with Jesus and he's with us. Yeah, if we've accepted him and ask him to come into our hearts and live forever. Hallelujah. Then we're safe. Anything come our way, his name is even a place where the righteous can run in and be saved. Uh-huh. But we got to put these things into practice. We got to put it into action. Yeah, I can know it, but if I don't do it, it won't do me any good. <laughs> I can know the word of God, but if I don't use his word, it won't do me any good. If I don't apply the word of God to my daily life, it's no good for me. Why? It's just sitting there. Yeah. James made a wonderful a statement, and it's true. Faith and work go together. Faith and work. I can believe the word, but if I don't put it to work, it won't do me any good. If the word says pray without ceasing, man ought to always pray and not faint. If Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 telling us to trust him with all our heart and lean out to our, and all our ways acknowledge him, he's, it, it, we get instructions, but if we don't follow the instructions, it won't work. I'm saved in the arms of Almighty God this morning because I decided to. <laughs> I decided to wake up and pray. I decided to remember what his word said. See, I, re- I decided to renew, oh, hallelujah, my life in him daily. Daily we wake up, we have to make a decision to stay with him. When we wake up, we give him the first fruit of our day. He gets the first fruit of everything because without him, we can do nothing. Mm-mm-mm. Save in his arms, the songwriter said. And I want to be safe. Daily, I want to be safe. I don't want to be out here uh, going places and I'm not safe because his word come back to let me know, yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. His rod and staff, they comfort me. And look, when the enemy comes, he'll prepare a table. Ah, ah, before me, the presence of my enemy, you see. It's him, he anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Yeah, because I trust him, because I obey him, because I walk not in the flesh, but according to his spirit. It's by faith. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Huh? Yeah, we got to put the the word of God to work. Donna Lawrence wrote a song, and the song said, let the word do the work. Let the word of God do the work. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive. Why wouldn't we put the word as believers? Yeah. As believers, we believe in the word of God, and this is how we are surviving. We're not surviving by intellect and uh, what we think and 
you know, we think it should be this way, but we've never experienced that. We, we, we've never done that before, but we think this is the way it is. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I'm not trusting Barbara, I'm trusting God. And see, many people trust themselves. I can't do it. I know where I come from. <laughs> I know where I, now see, many don't know where they come from and they think they're so smart, they got it together, they know everything, don't know nothing. Look, won't even let God lead and guide. They keep jumping in there doing stuff. And then yet talking about it. See, there's a way to seem right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Hallelujah. I got to walk by faith. I got to trust Almighty God that have all the power. No point in trusting Barbara. I told you I know where she come from. Yeah. And see, if she had it all together, why would I need Jesus? Mm. Help me this morning, Holy Ghost. If I had it all together and I got it all together, what reason would I need with the Holy Ghost? I'm smart. I, I can I can do yeah. Whatever uh I thought he could do, I could do it better. No ma'am. No sir. I gotta walk by faith and not by sight. And the just shall live by faith. It's the just now. That's what he said. But if you're not just, you, you got to live by your own standards, by uh, what you think. And what you think should be this and that. And I'm going to tell you something else. I see a lot of things that people think, but it's not. Mm -hmm. But I trust the Lord today. And I give everything to him. Because I always want to be in a position to forgive quickly. And when I feel that I can't forgive, I want to run to him. Yeah, he's the often finisher of my faith. He made me for his pleasure, not my own. And I did not make him. He made me for his pleasure. And I'm telling you, for years I've been talking of his wondrous works and making known his deeds among the people. And it's important that we do this. It's important that we give God our all and not have people thinking that it's us. I see that in a lot of churches. They follow in the pastor. They follow in the bishop. They follow in the apostle. They follow in the evangelist, the prophet. They follow in everybody but Jesus. Listen, let me tell you, he's the way, the truth, and the life this morning. And we must follow him. Let me tell you what I do. When my pastor get up to preach, I'm not listening to her. I'm listening to the message of God coming out the mouth. When her husband, my bishop, get up to preach, I'm not listening to him. I'm listening at the spirit of the Lord speaking out his mouth. Because I know without God, he can do nothing. And he's just a mere man. I love him. And God knows he brings the truth forth. Both of them. But this to say, I can't give man more than I give God. And everything got to be based on him. Listen at what he said. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. This is why when a preacher fall or, or something happen, uh, people can almost shoot him. Shoot him to death. 
because they wasn't following the God that used the preacher. They were following the preacher. They had their trust and hope in the man. And God told us, put trust in no man. Now, we should, if we are the messengers of God, we should walk up right before God. And if there's something we're struggling with, we need to constantly take it to the Lord to deliver us. And we're not perfectly hiding it, but we keep it away from the people because we don't want nobody to stumble. And we don't want to offend nobody. But we're not, we shouldn't just be out here just straight up doing wrong. Men preachers shouldn't be out here having women, a wife and two or three girlfriends. Those ladies that say they are the women of God, they shouldn't be out here going with other women and they shouldn't be out here Got to have a husband and going with other men. That's not God. That's your flesh. And you know it's wrong. The word says if we know it, it's wrong and we do it, it's a sin. It's not a, a wrongdoing. It's not a shortcoming. It's straight up sin. And we heard yesterday the message about the young man had to visit to hell. I listened to one lady, he said, had unforgiveness. Just She couldn't forgive her husband for cheating on her. Just that one thing, and she ended up in here. Because God's word holds true. If we don't forgive, he can't forgive us. So while I'm holding unforgiveness in my heart against you, and I die, what's going to happen? All that other good I did, because see, even our, our good is a filthy rag. Even our best is as filthy rags before him. Because all we deserve is death today. Oh, but he made a way, hallelujah, out of no way to redeem us back to him through his son, Jesus Christ. Through the precious blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ, the son of the true and living God. The only begotten son of the true and living God, Jehovah, that have all power. Amen goes right there this morning. Hallelujah. So we're thankful unto him. And uh, we're moving right along this morning. Good morning to you, Bishop Francis. I get our seafood in the house. <laughs> Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman and Sister Irene this morning. And I believe Prophetess Francis is here this morning. God bless you. God bless you. Thank God for each of you. Thank God for Bishop Francis. Way back in the day when I first got started, Bishop would come and preach and pre oh we used to holler and scream. We enjoyed that Bishop Francis preaching. And I said one day to myself to the Lord, you know he's faithful. You're gonna preach the man to death. He may have some other stuff he's trying to do. Yeah. But we thank God for every message. And if you go through the archives, you'll find many of Bishop August Francis of Beaumont, Texas. You'll find many of his messages. And uh, the prophet is his wife. She uh, sent me the Bible yesterday. And uh, Bishop, we're going to bring it in. Let, let me read this. Let me read this. And then we uh, have one more song request. And then we're going to bring it in, Bishop. And then I want you to take your time. I don't want you to rush. Take your time, Bishop, and let God use you and bring the message of God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, uh, let me go back and read the bio. Because I... I I got it at the last minute. I had already put some stuff in there. She probably said she was going to see what she could do. 
And so when she got it done, she sent it to me, but I had put, you know, some stuff in there because I, I knew a little bit about Bishop, y'all. So look, it says August Francis from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, Pastor Victory in Jesus Church, uh, Woodville, Texas, Chancellor of Remnant Church Bible Institute, Bishop with Remnant Church Fellowship, and Joe's Place Ministries, married to Minister Katina Francis for 31 years. Woo, Bishop did something right. <laughs> 31 years. Oh, congratulations, y'all. My goodness, God is faithful. But see, that's when God put it together. That, that's not when man put it together. When God put it together, it'll last throughout forever. 31 years. That's God. Mm-hmm. And he gave both of them what they needed to stay together. People don't do that no more. They marry on Sunday and uh, by Wednesday, they at the divorce court. Yeah. They don't they don't stay long because they don't marry for love anymore either. Uh they marry and they don't marry to be responsible anymore. Yeah, they marry because I can have more if I got you. So you work and I work, you know, you may have a business investments and you know, I got a few things and we put it together, we both can have more. And when we can't do that no longer, then we need to separate because you you know, you don't have what I need and, I don't have what you need no more. You see, 31 years, that's a very long time. Ooh-wee. And I thank God for it. Thank God for it. All right, Bishop, I'm going to one more song of the morning, and I'm going to come back. I'm coming back, uh, opening your mic so that you can get in. And um, we just thank God today. We just thank God. And Bishop, just let God have his way. Don't rush, you have plenty of time. And you know what, matter of fact, I want to dedicate this one to Bishop and Prophetess Francis. Yeah, Bishop August Francis and Prophetess uh, Katina Francis. I think I pronounced it right. So let's go with this one. When all foundations have been shaken When I'm left standing
trust the victory of your cross and fix my eyes upon you Jesus attempt on my life. I was in the hospital for a month. Uh, 
Wow. Um, <laughs> threatened to cut off my foot and and uh, had me on all kind of medicines, and they checked me for cancer and everything else. But uh, after about a month, I kept, you know, my wife stayed in there with me in the hospital, and she prayed with me, and we had the word going. And, and uh, that song that you just played, uh, I've not, I have not heard it before that I can recall, but uh, it's real. Um, <laughs> you still Amen. reign and you are God. You know, Amen. that's um, uh, we we gotta we gotta hang on to that because we're not we're not perfect. We we have a tendency to think of ourselves like the Bible says, sometimes we think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Amen. Um, I, I tell people all the time and, and I, I appreciate Respect. I do appreciate respect. I, re- I appreciate um, people having their own, uh, even their own brand of, of respect. But at the same time, we have to be careful not to have too much. Um, and I'm I'm using this word. We have to be careful not to have too much respect for ourselves. Amen. Uh, you know, when 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 I was born, um, when I got to the place where I could read, I found out that on my birth certificate, it said August Shedrick Francis Jr. Uh, pastor was not there, bishop was not there, apostle um, was not there, mm-hmm. prophet was not there. Even though I I I I have functioned in all five offices, none of those designations were on my birth certificate. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? That means when God talks to me, he ain't talking to bishop. He ain't talking to pastor. He doesn't call me reverend. Matter of fact, sometimes, depending on what's going on in my life, he may call me August. He may call me son. And sometimes he may just say, boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I have to, I have to understand that those, those, those titles, those accolades, the letters behind my name, all of that kind of stuff, doesn't mean a whole lot. It's it's nice for respect, and it can, you know, make you feel good. But what it ought to do, it ought to bring tears to our eyes. Yeah, because when when somebody calls us by those things, because we know, like you said, we ought to know where we came from. Man. We ought to know what we came out of. Yes, thank you. Oh, uh, in, in the case of the can't help us, and I haven't started preaching yet. Um, <laughs> we 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 need to understand that we ain't we ain't. And I know I got education, but I use ain't we we. We ain't all that in the bag of chips. As a matter of fact, right. we not even in the bag of chips. <laughs> uh, we gotta understand that that there is a there is a place when we go into a go go into Walmart, go into a hardware store, go go into you know Lowe's, Home Depot, someplace like that, and go to the tools. 
and and see all the tools that are there. And and some of them cost more than others to buy. Mm-hmm. But the reason they cost more than others to buy is because some of them took more to make. Mm-hmm. And you and I are too. Yes, sir. Things may cost a little bit more, but it's not because we are more valuable. It's not because we are we are more uh, 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 made of more precious materials or anything like that. It's because of the fact that the Lord took more. It, it took more to make us. All right. But at the end of the day, we're all just. Amen. We're not to be honored. I don't honor my hammer. Mm-hmm. I don't honor my pipe wrench. I don't honor those <laughs> things because at the end of the day, they are just tools. Yes, sir. Mm. And just like a tool, if the tool isn't working, the master who's using that tool can replace that tool. Yes, sir. So don't get too excited about, let's not get too excited about ourselves, because we can be replaced. Yes, sir. Mm. <laughs> okay. And that's, 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 that's the free part. Right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's not, that's not the way. That was, a, that, was that, that preliminary commercial there for a little bit. Uh, mm. I uh, messed up this morning already. Barbara Jean, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyway. All right. Let, 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 let me talk to you about something that, that the Lord laid on my heart. It, it's been a theme um, at the church uh, in Woodville. I took that church about three years ago. Well, three years ago this month. Um, <clears throat> and... Um, I I was there and and usually and and for those of you who are if any of you are starting in ministry or you're frustrated don't try to change the world when you first go to a ministry learn the people learn the area learn find out what the lord is saying about that area don't just bring your agenda in you don't have an agenda and, and so for the first year or so, I, I, you know, they said, oh, Pastor, you can change anything you want. I said, no, I ain't changing nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to find out what it is around here. Okay. And, and for that first year, nothing, nothing earth-shattering, nothing earth-shattering. But I got into that second year, and the Lord started dealing with me about one phrase. Fix the disconnect. Fix the disconnect. And, and, and I think if, if, you, if you don't quite get that, here's a question for you. Don't you get tired of reading the word of God and then not seeing it accomplished in our daily lives? Mm. 
the New Testament can tend to be an aggravation for, for a Christian because we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We read Acts, and and then we look at what's going on around us, and we start wondering, well, why why do we just talk about church? Why do we say we're having church? But but in the New Testament, they weren't talking about church. They weren't having church. They were the church. Amen, Bishop. Because that, that word church, and I heard somebody on YouTube trying to trying to uh, insult church by taking it from, instead of taking it from the root, what Jesus said, they took it from the present day English word church, and and they tried to explain that that if you take it from our word church and bring it into through the Greek, then it it, it refers back to some pagan goddess. Mm. And I'm going, you're an idiot, <laughs> you know? because Jesus did not use the English word church. Mm-hmm. He used a a a word that that we define as, as it, 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 in the original it's ecclesia. And ecclesia is has nothing to do with what we think church has to do with. See when we think church, we think Buildings, steeple, choir, songbooks, you know, preacher gets up and, you know, and, and bring us, brings us down to Mary's nine-month train and, uh, you know, and, 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 and that's what we think of church. And then when church is over, we go home, and that's it. And, and if we don't have any church during the week, then we live like the devil or, or we barely hang on. And then back Sunday we get dressed up and we go through the the play called church. But the word ecclesia has nothing to do with prayer. It has nothing to do with with uh, with Bibles. It has nothing to do with with praise and worship. It has nothing to do with that. The word ecclesia means the called out ones. The word ecclesia was a government word. It means those who are among the population who are called out to make important decisions in the area that you are in. We would today, the ecclesia today would be the city council. That, that's the ecclesia. So when Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, he said, I'm calling you out to make decisions, spiritual decisions, over the area that you live in. And the gates of hell will not be able to stop you. That's what he was saying. And I'm I'm not doing any damage to the text. 
Look it up. Ecclesia means the called out ones. And when you study the history of it, you'll find out that the church was called to change the atmosphere around it. But today, because we are not the church, we like to have church, then we only change the atmosphere of what's in the building, but we never change the atmosphere of what's around us. Mm-hmm. That's why we, we have such a, a casual view of the church. See, I, I, I turned 70 this year, and, and, and I remember before I was saved that it didn't matter what you were doing if you were a drunk. If you were a drug addict, well, very few massive drug addicts back then, but if you were a drug addict, if you were cussing, when you came in front of the church building, all of that stopped. Mm-hmm. People used to, it, when, when men used to wear hats, you know, they would tip their hat. It didn't matter. It could be a Catholic church, Baptist church, Methodist church, Pentecostal, it didn't make any difference. It was mm-hmm. a church. Mm-hmm. And they recognize the power of that church in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Even you can go into into the the late fifties, the early sixties, and, and up until the uh, up until the beginning of the seventies. Even the political folks recognize the power of the church. Mm-hmm. They did. It was. It, see, you say, oh, they go into churches now. Yeah, they go into churches now because the preacher is trying to gain favor with the government. But they used to go to the church to talk to the pastor so that they could find out how the politician could gain favor with the people of God. Mm-hmm. We flipped it. See? So... So there is a disconnect between what Jesus said and what we see now. See, we used to, you know, I'm sorry, um, even down to medical things, people used to consult the Lord and consult the elderly mm-hmm. when it came down to being sick. Mm-hmm. They would pray. And they'd go talk to grandma or to grandpa. Mm-hmm. And grandma and grandpa, because I grew up in this, grandma and grandpa, they'd go out to the backyard. And they'd find the, 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 the mint plants. And they'd find the aloe vera plants. And they'd find this and that and the other. And they would, they would pray. And they would use what the Lord had given them. And we were a lot healthier back then, folks. Yes. But now we have we don't pray anymore. We do like that like that king did. He had a disease in his feet and he consulted the physicians but he did not consult the Lord and the man had a disease in his feet and he died from it. Mm-hmm. Because he did not consult the Lord. It's in the word. See and I'm not I'm not telling you that say, Oh, we can't go to doctor No, I'm not saying you can't go to doctors. But what I'm saying is that you put the Lord on the back burner. 
and you wonder why you go and pray for people, but we don't believe that anything is going to happen. Mm-hmm. We pray with because it is a tradition. It's a tradition to pray. The politicians who haven't, they've never met Jesus as Lord and Savior. And you will hear some of these lying devils stand in front of people and say, our thoughts and prayers. You haven't prayed since Hector was a puppy. <laughs> but you, but you, 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 our thoughts and prayers. See, and in the church, I, I can't, the, the world has to be changed heart by heart. But in the church, we're supposed to be already in this. We're supposed to already understand this. Why are we in a position where we cannot get it? Go to John, the Gospel according to John, chapter 14. And in John, chapter 14, and in verse number 8, John 14 and 8, it says, Philip said unto him, Lord, Show us the Father, and it suffices us, or we'll be satisfied when we see the Father. Now that he's with Jesus, and he's talking to Jesus and saying, hey, uh, Jesus, why don't you just let us see the Father? See, there's a desire in us to understand, a desire to know, but not the knowledge of the Lord, but a desire to know with the mind. We want to know godly things with, with a, a, a fleshly education. I'll understand my relationship with you, Lord, as long as you can show me. I've got to see this. I've got to understand this because I, my problem is that I don't have what, 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 what Minister Barbara talked about a little bit. I don't have faith. So I got to know. I, I got to be able to touch it. So in verse 9, it says, Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? And here's that word. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father which dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. And even today, people read this area of Scripture and attempt to argue the physical oneness of the Lord. We have denominations that, that tell us, oh, look, it couldn't be that because it, it says this. It couldn't be. Folks, the physical thing is not the issue. The oneness is the relationship. You talked about my wife and, and I uh, uh, being married 31 years. Well, here's the thing that kids don't want to do today. I married my friend. See, they I don't want to mess up a friendship and get in a relationship. You dummy. If your if your husband or your wife is not your best friend, then you got nothing. Mm-hmm. So so the relationship 
the relationship is, is, is important. It is terribly important, if you will. The relationship, the physical relationship is not the issue. They get, they get high, hyped up on, on desire for one another physically. But there has to be an intimate, personal, inside relationship with the Lord. Now, in verse 12, it says, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth. That word believeth does not mean, oh, I believe in God. It means to be believing, continuous trust, continuous reliance, and to entrust spiritual well-being. My favorite example of faith is this. You can walk into a room and you can see a wooden chair. And somebody will ask you, do you believe in that chair? And you look at it and say, yeah, it's right there. I believe in it. But now the next question is, do you believe on that chair? What do you mean do I believe on that chair? Are you willing to put your whole body weight on that chair and expect not to fall to the floor? That's the difference in believing. You can believe it exists, but are you willing to put everything that you are on the weight of that chair? Are you willing to put all that you are, all your weight, all your problems, all your issues, all your shortcomings, all your faults and all your failure and all your sin, are you willing to put it on Jesus? Can you trust him? If you don't have that, you got a problem. See, he that, he that believeth on me, it says in verse 12, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Now, I got a problem with that. If I'm supposed to be doing greater works than Jesus, how come we ain't doing nothing? How come all we're doing is talking about it? Now, I listen to a lot of talk radio. I listen to a lot of talk radio, both secular and Christian. And all of talk radio, secular and Christian, for the most part, is the same. Tell me about the problem. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me how terrible it is. Tell me who's not doing this. Tell me who's not doing that. Tell me who's failed here. Tell me who's failed there. And that's talk radio, Christian and and secular, and my wife, my wife can't stand it because I'll still listen to it because I'm pulling information from there. But the problem is, stop telling me about the problem. Tell me the solution. Tell me what I need to be doing. What can I do to change this? I, I, I know the problem. I'm living in the problem. I see the problem. I experience the problem. What do I need to do to change this? Jesus said, the works that I do shall ye do also. Okay, I'm not doing them. So what do I need to do? Hmm. See, if this is the Lord's intention, then why don't we see it happen? Well, you can flip over to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6. And in John chapter 6 and verse 28, It 
a question is asked to Jesus. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? See, now this is where our problem is. We want a formula. And many people are willing to give us a formula. Well, you know, what I did, I fasted and prayed for uh, 40 days. And um, it, it wasn't a full fast. And then somebody else would come along and say, oh, I had a full fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, oh I start the first of the year with a fast. And, and this is what causes things to happen. See, we want a formula. That's what they went to Jesus. What? What, what do we need to do so we can work the works of God? What, what, we want to do works. We want to see people healed. We want to see people saved. We want to see people delivered. We want to see demons cast out. We want, to, we want to multiply loaves and fishes. We want to do all of these things. What do we need to do so we can do that? Give me a formula. Step one, step two, step three. And, and, and if you listen to a lot of preaching, you will hear sermons, I don't call them messages, sermons that tell you, oh, well, you have to do step one, you know, three steps to doing this and five steps to doing that. Look, folks, it's not steps. It's not steps. Look at the answer that Jesus gave in John six twenty nine. Jesus answered and said unto him, this, what I'm about to give you, is the work of God. What do you mean? Why are you emphasizing that? Because you see, we think the work of God is the healing, is the deliverance, is the is the casting out devils, it's the miracles, it's the multiplying of loaves and fish. We think that's the work of God. Jesus didn't pray all night so that he could, oh, Lord, tomorrow morning I want to heal a blind man, and I pray, God, that you use me to heal a blind man. He didn't pray that. That wasn't his prayer. This is the work of God, he says in, in John six twenty nine, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. So, well, wait a minute. How is that the work of God? The toughest thing, look, I don't care if you have seen a, 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 a person who had their leg cut off. I don't care if you saw that leg grow back. I don't care if you've seen arms and fingers restored. I don't care if you watch cancerous tumors disappear off a person's body. I don't care what you have seen. Here is the most amazing miracle that can ever take place, that the Lord can change the heart of a man. Salvation is the greatest miracle that there is. That you can take someone who has a sin nature, who is enjoying sin, who lives in sin, who has only known sin, and then you can change him to where sin becomes a nasty thing to them. And even when they fall and they stumble, they are so upset by it that they can't wait to get things right again. That is the most amazing miracle. If the, the, the writer says, 
if God gave his son, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? If he gave his son, everything else is downhill. Our salvation, our being, we call, you use that word salvation too, too easily. Our being born again is the greatest miracle that can ever take place. Everything else is chicken feed. Getting people being healed, that's easy. Salvation is the tough part. People people growing limbs, that's easy. Salvation is the tough part. That's what Jesus was saying. He said, I've already given my son. I've given you the tough thing. The rest of this should be easy. Now, how does it become easy? The disconnect is this. And I'm going to simplify this because, you know, I, I could go weeks for this. And and we can't keep on Blog Talk Radio in a week. But, but uh, <laughs> the thing is, if I am walking in him, then he will do everything that he did on the earth and more. The issue is plugging in, as a friend of mine says, are you plugged in? Are you connected to the Lord in such a way that he doesn't have to yell at you to do something? that you don't have to have the music playing right behind you? Are you plugged in enough to him that even if you whisper a prayer, the Holy Spirit will, 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 will take care of the issue? Are you so trusting in him that you don't need all the trappings of religion? Are you so plugged into him? Are you so connected to him? Because the work of the Lord, the real work of God, is that I allow him to change me. The closer I get to him, the more I can see happen. Not because I'm looking for a formula to see things happen. See, demons didn't have to uh, have an announcement that Jesus was coming. He just showed up. And the demons started manifesting. Oh, have you come to torment us before our time? He didn't do anything. He, 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 he didn't do anything. Why could not we cast the demon out? And we've had people say, okay, here's the formula. you got to fast and pray and then go cast out the demon. No, you need to live a fasted life. Jesus didn't go anywhere and fast and pray before he cast that devil out of that boy. He lived a fasted life. And that doesn't mean food. For some of us, that means Facebook. For some of us, that means binge-watching television programs. For some of us, that means there are some programs you've got to stop watching. There are some movies you have to, you have to say, no, that's not part of my diet. Because you're eating the wrong stuff in your spirit. 
You've got to connect with him. If he says turn the TV off, turn the TV off. If he says play the, play the Bible all night, play the Bible all night. If he says get in a room, shut up and listen, then get in the room, shut up and listen. My connection has to be with him. And if my connection is right with him and I have, it says believing, believing that's a continuous thing. I can't just do it, oh, on Monday is my fast day. No, baby. No. That, that, you may push away from the table on Monday, but you better have a fast day seven days a week where you are connected to him and where he can tell you, I want you to do this now. Yeah, but so-and-so wants me over here. Tell so-and-so to take a back burner. Oh, but I have this friend. Yeah, I, I'm more than a friend. I'm a friend that's sticking closer than the brother. Hang with me. Oh, I, I want to do this. You ain't got no want. That's what my mama used to say. You ain't got no want. You're too young to have wants. Your wants have to be my wants. You have to connect his wants, your wants to his wants. That's how you ask what you will and it shall be done because your will is his will. Connection. See the connection? Fix the disconnect. Oh, goodness. See? Last. I'm, 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 I'm about to leave you alone. Mark chapter 16. We're all familiar with Mark chapter 16, especially when you get down to 14th, or, or I should say the 15th verse through the end. But Mark chapter 14, I'm not chapter 16, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 16 and verse 14, it starts off that, that talking about all the miracles. And it says, afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and he upbraided them, he fussed at them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Oh, I believe in Jesus. Oh, I believe he's the Son of God. Oh, I believe that we saw Jesus risen. Oh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Uh-uh, you didn't see Jesus risen. Uh-uh, Newt. They, they, they denied his resurrection. And there he is sitting with them, talking to them. And he's about to do something that probably you and I wouldn't have done. He just got through fussing at them because they didn't believe the testimony of his resurrection. But then he turns over the power of the gospel to them. The same people who just got through fussing at he turns over the power of the gospel to them. And from verse six, verse 15 through that 20th verse, he tells them what to do. Why does he tell them what to do? Because he says, I'm going to connect you. I'm going to make sure that you are connected. And, and Mark chapter 16, the end of Mark chapter 16, Matthew 28, the end of Matthew 28, and Acts chapter 1, that all was in the same time period, folks. That's not separated. Those were all at the same time period, just before Jesus ascended. And they asked him, they said, okay, we want to know one more time. Are we getting the physical stuff that we can pay attention to? He said, no. Will thou at this time restore the kingdom? No. 
what's going to happen is in the Father's hands. He said, I'll be coming back, but I don't even know when I'm coming back. He said, this is how you get connected. You need to get to the upper room. You need to get up there. You need to wait for the promise of the Father. What's the promise of the Father? The power. You need to get connected. Go in the upper room and wait for the power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. You shall lay your life down. Your will becomes my will. My will becomes your will. You will not be able to separate us because we're connected. You will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts chapter 1. What has happened to the church? From what we read in the book of Acts, we got educated and we disconnected the plug. And we traded in the power for a degree. We traded in the power for title. We traded in the power for our own benefit. What I'm saying to you today, get connected. Fix the disconnect. Forget the degrees, forget the title, forget all of those things that makes you feel important, and get alone with God and say, Lord, I want our relationship connected in such a way that it has not been before. And not just today, every day. Every day. Believing continuously. Every day is the same prayer. Lord, I feel disconnected. Connect me again. Lord, I feel disconnected. Connect me again. Lord, I feel disconnected. Connect me again. We used to have a chorus that we used to sing years ago, especially during prayer meeting. Shut in with God in a secret place. There in the spirit, beholding his grace, gaining new power to run in this race. How I long to be shut in with God. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for this opportunity. And, Lord, help us to fix the disconnect, to get plugged in again, and to do what you have called us to do by being who you have called us to be. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Bishop. Amen. We are the church. I was listening to that. We are the body of Christ. And if we put more into a physical building than we do into ourselves so that we can go out and talk of his wondrous works and make known his deeds among the people so that we can go out and lift him up and he will draw. Yeah. Unto himself. Yeah. I don't need to go out in me and in my ministry name or in Jesus. I go out in Jesus and he will draw, lifting him up. Yeah. And I thank God for the message today. Thank God for Mark, Matthew. Thank God for the word because his word holds true. And today we can ask ourselves, who report will we believe? But we have to study the word. We have to pray. We have to ask God to continue to bless us to be led by his spirit. And then we'll find out information that, look, I found out information I didn't research. Yeah, the Lord used and brought it to me. 
and I was able to use it. So this morning, we thank Bishop Francis for his studying. We thank him for bringing the truth to us this morning that we can rely on. Hallelujah. We thank God. I could have heard a little bit more, Bishop. It would have been all right with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thank God for Jesus. And the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. He said, you see the wooden chair in the room. But do you believe the wooden chair will hold you? A faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Until you sit in that chair, you don't know. Or once you go over and sit in the chair and it holds you well, you can move around. Some people cross their legs while they're sitting. Some people lean back and get comfortable. Yeah. But until you do these things, you won't know that the chair is enough to hold you. So until we try God, and he even told us you could try him today. You can try him right now. But many times our problems is patience. See, we don't go to him as often as we should because we think he's not going to answer right away. I, I, I've seen it before. I prayed. Nothing happened. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep waiting on God. Let patience have a perfect work. Because when he comes, he's bringing more than, because he's a more than kind of God. So if we could but wait on him, don't get discovered. Bishop, I like the fact that you went back there and told how the church protected the community. I can remember when you went by the church, no matter what you, if you were drinking, if you were about to cut, uh-uh, you couldn't do it because the church was there, the physical building. And many got away from that building. We got away from it. Because what was real became fake. And we saw that the, the, the new wave, new age stuff, they prefer money. They prefer, they prefer numbers so that they can get money so that they can build their own empire. But back in the day, the church, even the Baptist church, yeah, we called them Reverend Davis. The church was on the end of the street from where we lived. And when you go by the church, you you just don't do anything in the church parking lot or on the street in front of the church, on the side of the church. Now, behind it, you don't, that's not what you do. You looking to be cursed. We was afraid. Back then, we was afraid of the pastor. To say and do anything in front of the pastor. Oh, no, we, that's not what we did. And when we went to church, we was trained how to behave because you don't go in the house of the Lord acting any old kind of way. You can go in the house of the Lord now, ride a horse. You can do anything you want to do today. Well, I can't say it's the house of the Lord, but it's a building. And you can go in there, no reverence, no respect, no nothing. You can do what you want. But the hundredth song, hundredth song says, come before him with thanksgiving. In this course with praise. I know he's the Lord. I know he's God. So I even have to be careful how I go in this house. Humble is the way. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We are the church. And the church should represent God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're grateful unto him. Listen, uh, the studio is open. If there's anyone have questions or have something they would like to say this morning, or maybe you just want to say good morning to Bishop and uh, Prophetess Francis, feel free to press that number one and come in this morning. Yeah, and it's already all right in Jesus' name. Listen, I want to uh, share this one minute and 23-second prayer. I got a request for it, so I'm going to pray this, and then we'll go to our next song. Lord, may nothing separate me from you today. Teach me how to choose only your way today, so each step will lead me closer to you. Help me walk by the word and not my feelings. Help me to keep my heart pure and undivided. Protect me from my own careless thoughts, words, and actions. And keep me from being distracted by my wants, my desires, my thoughts on how things should be. Help me to embrace what comes my way as an opportunity rather than a personal inconvenience. And finally, help me to rest in the truth of Psalm 86:13. Great is your love toward me. You already see the ways I will fall short and mess up. But right now, I consciously tuck your whisper of absolute love for me into the deepest part of my heart. I recognize your love for me is not based on my performance. You love me, warts and all. That's amazing. But what's most amazing is that the Savior of the world would desire a few minutes with me this morning. Lord, help me to forever remember what a gift it is to sit with you like this. Amen. of life sent down from glory many things you were on earth a holy king a carpenter but you are the living word come on Come on, Houston, you can say it one time with us. Friends, and down from glory. Many things. Come on, somebody say it. That's what we call you, yeah. You 
Good morning, my buddy. Good morning, Pastor David. Good morning to your sister Rita. God bless you this morning. God bless you this morning. And so we're just grateful unto the Lord for a good word today and uh, uh, live. It's been a minute since I had a live speaker because at one point I was having so many problems and then sometimes it was strangers that I didn't know and uh, they would come in and not with uh, what God had but with what they wanted to share. So we have to be careful and have discernment and so that's what I began to do, just take it easy and let God lead and guide. So look, we're looking at some Bible questions uh, this morning, and our sister Dot will be back on Monday uh, bringing the Bible questions and uh, giving us the answers and the scriptures where to find them. But today I didn't want to rob nobody because I know some people come to get these questions and study their Bible about this many times, different things, you know, different questions they select, and then they go study about it. So I wanted to uh, not leave them out. Yeah. And so I'm thankful unto the Lord. Yeah. All right. So listen, our number one question is, what was the name of the high place located in the valley of Gehenna where the Israelites burnt their children in the fire? Did anybody know about that? Yeah. It was Tophet. Tophet. T-O-P-H-E-T is where uh, they were, the Israelites burnt their children in the fire. So if you look at Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 31, you'll find that there. And you can start there. Yeah. The second question, which is the only book in the Bible that does not mention the name of God? And uh, <laughs> good morning, Sion. And uh, the answer is Esther. Esther, and you'll find that in the book of Esther, in Esther 1. Yeah. Which is the only book in the Bible that does not mention the name of God? And they're saying it's Esther, chapter 1. Take a look. Uh, the third question is, if Solomon had to choose, he'd rather live here than inside a house with a quarreling wife. And it says uh, a corner of the housetop is where he, he'd rather live. And that's in Proverbs 21 and 9. I know y'all y'all heard, oh, you don't want to be in the house with a quarreling woman. Oh, she's just a fussing and carrying on. Mm-hmm. You'd rather be up on the housetop, this and that, yeah. So that's our number three question, the third one. We're moving on to number four. And it says this, what was the charge against Jonathan that almost saw him killed at the decree of his father Saul? Anybody remember uh, Saul put out a, a thing for the whole everybody, everybody doing it, and don't nobody not do it. What happened is Jonathan, he ate honey during a fast. Saul put out a fast for everybody. And Jonathan ate honey. Because I, if I'm remembering correctly, he didn't know about the fast. So 1 Samuel chapter 14 and 43 will explain it. And if you, if you just go up 
you know, and maybe start at uh, chapter 14 and verse, I want to say maybe 30 or so, and bring it on down so you can get clarity on it. And uh, you can understand what happened and why Jonathan was away and didn't get the memo uh, from his dad, the king, Saul. Yeah, he didn't get the memo. So he ate that honey and he got sick. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they had to pray and uh, get Jonathan right and Saul had to forgive him and some other stuff there. But I'm not giving you all the information. It's for you to go into 1 Samuel 14, start at 43, and you might want to go back up and uh, take a look at all of this. I love the book of 1 and 2 Samuel. Uh, verse 5, what was the change against Jonathan? Well, it's the same one. Why do I have two of these? Well, since I messed up on number 5. I thought I had changed number five, but I didn't. So four and five is the same on this one. But on Monday, we'll have a different set of uh, Bible questions. And matter of fact, I tell you what, let me let me go here. Just, just one second here. I am going to 1 Samuel because I want to look at that. Because I, I, I often share that I thought um, the Psalms and even some Proverbs, I was thinking it was for if you had enemies. I, I don't know where I get that from. It wasn't from my house and it wasn't from my parents. This was just my thinking and I don't know where, I can't remember exactly where I got this type of thinking from. But I thought it was for if you had enemies, then you read the Psalms. Yeah. You read the Psalms on your enemy. You know, uh, I think it's Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? All that kind of stuff. Because I thought it was for your enemies. If people did you wrong, you read the Psalms on them. Again, I, I can't remember where I got the foolishness from because that's certainly what it was. When I got to Alabama, over at uh, Pastor Rogers' church, I forgot the name of the church now. He talked about the Psalms, and it took me to First and Second Samuel. Yes, the AC is in, the AC is in, I don't know how to act. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. I think a lot of people did think the Psalms was for enemies and stuff, you know. And my mom taught against witchcraft. And see, at the time, I didn't know that's what that was. I would be working witchcraft if I'm reading the Psalms on people and all of that, speaking negative things on them. So when Pastor Rogers taught me about First and Second Samuel, I found out for myself that it was about David and his enemies, not Barbara and her enemies. <laughs> I, I found out that David managed to keep the, she, the shepherd, the sheep, for his father. So he was considered a shepherd boy. 
I found out when the war was going on and Goliath was out there clowning and carrying on like he had the power, all the power. It was the little shepherd boy that went out there with the rock and the sling and killed Goliath. I found out about Saul and all of his stuff, how God told him to go over there and kill the Amalekites and everything. Don't bring none of the spoil out of there. Nothing they had, don't bring it back. So I let the men brought all kinds, of, and then look, brought the Amalekite king to his table. And the prophet Samuel come in there and say, Saul, what is this I'm here? Why am I hitting bleeding sheep? And and Samuel saw the king, the Amalekite king, at the table with David the king. I mean Saul, I'm sorry, with Saul the king. Yeah, and then the prophet Samuel fell on the Amalekite king and killed him. Because that's what God told David, I mean Saul to do. And after Saul didn't do it, God took his anointing. It's some wonderful stuff over there. Go take a look. So I had put out a decree that anybody working witchcraft, kill them, burn them. They were no good. But in the end, when Samuel died, he couldn't hear from God because God had taken his anointing from him. He went to the witch, and the witch discerned, oh, this is you, saw. No, I, I can't tell you nothing. You're you going to kill her. He said, no, I'm not going to kill you. I want to know something. And she was like, what you want to know? He said, I need you to bring up Saul. I mean, bring up Samuel from the dead. Look, y'all y'all don't heard about these people divine and dead people and all that. Some people, oh, that's not true. Oh, but it is. Oh, the devil is real. <laughs> you can play if you want to. He is real. She brought Samuel up and Samuel was like, Saul, what do you want with me? He said, well, I can't hear from God, and you dead and gone, and I want to know what tomorrow holds. He said, well, I'm going to tell you, by this time tomorrow, you and your sons will be dead. Ooh, that's why I tell y'all, many times people seek after the prophet or the prophetess. I wouldn't do it. I would pray my way through, pray my way through. God is something waiting, yeah, yeah. I'm going to pray my way through. Yeah, people come with money and, and gifts and all kind of stuff because they want to know something. But what if he spoke by this time, uh, 12, uh, what time it is now, 8.45? What if he told you by 8.45 tonight you and your household will be dead? Would you want to hear that? No, you wouldn't. Mm-mm. So I let God bring to me what needed to be brought to me. And he brought Psalm and First and Second Samuel so that I could understand this is not for no type of witchcraft. This is not for no type of reading scriptures on people. It's my word. Learn from First and Second Samuel what went on in the king's life. You're going to find out Bathsheba was out there bathing. David spotted her, brought her over there. She had a husband. He didn't care. Laid and played, come up with a, a, a pregnancy that he didn't want, really. But he couldn't undo it. So he sent for her husband, Uriah, and, and, and tried to trick him, and he couldn't trick Uriah, so he put him on the front line and killed him. 
He thought nobody knew about that but him. Again, this morning, God sent the prophet Nathan over there to let him know. I know what you did. Uh-huh. You took the only thing this man had, and you killed him. When Nathan told him about it, he was like, where you at? Who did it? Well, he, he, he. And the prophet Nathan told him, said, hey, it was you, O king. Yeah. Then he want to mourn and put sackcloth and ashes and all of that and and mourn because he wanted the baby to live. And guess what? All of that, the Lord let him went on. But then David learned from his mistakes. And this is what we want to do today. We want to learn from our mistakes. See how I learned from thinking them psalms was something to read on somebody. Something to battle my enemies with. No. All this kind of stuff. I learned. Mm-hmm. That yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I don't have to fear evil. God is with me. See, it taught me some things. When I look back at Isaac and Esau and what happened, when they were being carried in their mother's womb, when they was inside their mom, they was at war with each other, and God let them know it's going to be two nations against each other. They're going to be against each other, and they were. And Isaac, Mama, Rebecca helped them to take the birth, all the blessings of Esau uh, from, J- uh, 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 I mean, Jacob took them, the blessings of Esau. And that was his brother. This is why I'm telling people. They think the scriptures are boring. They think the Bible is boring. No ma'am and no sir. If you think... <laughs> The day that these things that we're seeing is some new stuff, uh-uh. There's nothing new under the sun. I can remember when I was in prison, I used to tell uh, star women off with this right here. They, I had one, she said, and she became my best friend. She said, I see you reading that Bible all the time. What's in there? Because, see, they didn't believe in that. It was boring. What? Uh, he begot this one and that one begot that one and the the the, the names and you know because I still have problem pronouncing names today. So when she asked me, I told her I said, well I enjoy reading it. I say, uh, you think the, the stories or something? They call them the soaps today. Back in the day, we called it the stories. I said, you think the story is something to watch? I said, you get in that Bible, it is just amazing at the things that people have done and doing. I said, you'll see some of the same stuff going on today that went on back then. You know, I didn't tell her, but remember, there's nothing new under the sun. That's the scripture. So she said, well, what, 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 where would you start? I said, well, let me tell you something. There's a story in there about Samson and Delilah. Because, see, that's what she could, she could understand me saying a story. She couldn't understand, you know, me saying this is the word of God, yada, yada, yada. So that that was coming. So she said, well, where that's at? And I found it and told her. She would read it. She would, well, what's going to happen next? Because uh, Delilah trying to trick him. He won't listen to I said, keep reading, keep reading. I, I can't give you all the, all the good. Now you got to read for yourself. And she kept reading. You see? I have told others about the book of First and Second Samuel, 
go over there, especially men, because they like war. And, you know, some men, they like to fight, and they like to watch the fight. Now, I said, go to First and Second Samuel. I said, you got to read now. And sometimes they come back and they say a part in there that I really like. <laughs> I jump right in there with them. And we, we, we should read it together online, you see? Yeah. But these books are great books. And it's written for our learning. So I learned from David's mistakes. I, 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 I learned from Solomon's mistakes. I learned from Abraham, Isaac, Moses, Deborah. I, I learned from many. Then when I came on over into the New Testament, I was still learning. Found out about Priscilla and Aquila. Found out about Lydia. These women of God. Lydia invited the apostles to her house to eat and all this kind. Yeah, that reminded me of me. Come on over here and get some of these good groceries. Mm-hmm. And it's going to hold you for a while because I know you out there, you got to spread the good news of Jesus. Yeah. So I tell you this morning, it, it take me back here. The believer's walk, the Christian walk, the godly walk is not a boring thing. I love to laugh and I get some good laughs in, I'm telling you. And it's not, it's not a boring thing. But we got to want to know it. We got to want to know about God and his, what his word says. And the only way we can live according, applied to our everyday life, we got to know it. See, if I didn't know now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. See, if I didn't know that, I, I wouldn't know how to stand in faith. But by faith, the elder obtained a good report. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them back. They, they, Paul, John, Matthew, Martin, they, they obtained good reports because they had faith. Jesus had gone and told them he was coming back. He, he, he told them that the Father first was going to send them a promise. He promised to send them a comforter. And Jesus left, but the comforter was coming, and it did come. If you look at Acts on the day of Pentecost, they was all, oh, I could tell you some stuff. I just love it. I just love it this morning. But look, we want to know what he says so we can not only apply it to our everyday life, but so it can do the work for us. The word of God will work for us if we will allow it. We want to know what he said about prayer. We want to know that he said, thou shalt have no other God before me. So we can stop putting the job before him, the paycheck before him, the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy before him, uh, that fancy car you like, we can stop putting that before him. Uh, them children, they disobedient and everything. You, you spoil them real bad because you said you love them so much. We can stop putting them before God and we can train Train them up in the way that they should go. So when they get old, they won't depart. We can train them grandbabies, great-grandbabies. We can train today. I, ne I, I never knew that God was going to bless me to see some great-grandchildren. 
And this is what I'm saying, train them. When the, when the little girl, is, I, I have a grand, a great grand, yeah, a great grandson and a great granddaughter. When the little girl see me, she just have attitude. She's just all that. And I'm like, I'm like, girl, your mama better get you because, you know, I will if she don't. Yeah. But it's all about the training. But look what God, at least he blessed me to see them, get to know about them a little bit, you know? And when I know anything, the grandchildren going to have children. Oh, I have more than that, y'all. I forgot I have more than that because I have two grands that's adults and they have children. Mm-hmm. One have a daughter and the other one have a daughter. Great grand. Isn't that something? It's amazing to me because I could have went out of here and never known them. Never knew their names, who they were, nothing. Which son, which daughter, uh, uh, which grandson, I wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. But God is good. He's faithful. And I thank you. Yeah. Look, this word would teach us how to hold on. This word would teach us how to forgive, not harbor forgiveness in our hearts. Let me tell you something. Sometimes folk will lie on you and people rather believe ugly than good. Now, folks out there saying all kind of good stuff about me, they're like, child, she's not all that. She can't be doing all of that, please. But if they come with a lie, they'll believe that. Quickly. You hear all the men she be talking to on the show, she going with all them men. The devil is a fool and a liar is what he is, and I make a fool and a liar out of you, but you got to let him. But when Opportunity presented itself because many times God has presented me with opportunity to show what was told to you was a lie. And it have confused the people. I, I I had a grandson that said, Grandmama, I said, Yeah. He was confused because somebody had told him a lie about his grandmama. But when she showed up different than they said, he was like, he said, wonder what? Yeah. He was in the hospital, and I found out he was in the hospital, and I called him. He said my name several times. He said, Grandmama. I said, yeah. Grandmama? I said, yeah. Because somewhere in there, he was feeling like I didn't love him. Because many times the day, uh, these type people, you know, the youth of the day, they want you to chase them. I just had my birthday. I'm 67. I'm not chasing nobody. And I'm not paying nobody to chase me. Meaning, I'm not giving you all these gifts so you can come and and I'd rather be alone. I'd rather spend time with a stranger. I'm not that kind. Love is what love does. And sometimes you have to let people love you, young people. But they don't see it as love. They they see it as you stopping me from doing something. You in my business. Uh, you trying to run me. Now I'm trying to save you from yourself 
and what can happen to you out there, but they don't want to hear it. So many times you just have to let them hit that brick wall. Sometimes they'll come back, sometimes they won't because shame got them. She told me, don't do it like that. I did it like that. Look what happened. Now I can't go back over. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. You can come back and tell me you hit the brick wall. Grandmama, what now? <laughs> we're going to pray through it. I'm going to share this with you, and we're going to pray through it. Because you was taught Jesus is real. He blessed you for me to tell you to come to him, all that are burdened in heaven. It's him that give rest. What you was doing won't give you no rest. It'll give you trauma. It'll give you stress. It'll depress you. You'll come out with some kind of alphabetical diagnosis. They done diagnosed. Did I say alphabetical, see y'all? <laughs> with an alphabet diagnosis. ADHD, E-F-G-H-I-C. They'll give you something because you didn't go to God for your answer. You didn't seek God to find out the way he was going to lead and guide. Yeah. Many people on the job, they come out with these alphabets as a diagnosis. Yeah, because of this. You didn't go to work in God. You went every day in you. You tried to figure it out, fix it, do it. Uh, nobody can do it better than you. All of this. Now you got alphabets for a diagnosis. You've been diagnosed and they gave you an alphabet. I ain't never seen nothing like it. I, I'm like, oh my God, an alphabet? What in the world? Now, of course, it have words that, you know, tell you the whole thing. But basically, an alphabet. Because we're not activated in Jesus. We activated in flesh. We activated in whatever in the world. But we must be activated in Jesus. He's the often finisher of our faith. As soon as people go through a little stuff, they fall apart. They forget he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. They forget this. So they go through it. Oh, 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 he ain't about nothing. Now, as soon as he bless them with something, they got some cash or, you know, something they really wanted. Oh, he's the greatest thing since life bread. They'll start singing better than Fred Hammond. He is the living word. Yeah, because he's giving them what they want. But what happens when they don't get what they want? They forget him. Go to acting a pure donkey. And many people, they walk in their flesh, they don't walk in the spirit. And they can't hear nothing. Can't hear a thing. I stopped talking about what I hear. Because I'm sitting in there looking at TV and the Lord speaking. Or I might be in here. I could be in the garage and the Lord speaking. And he don't speak long. Yeah. So I just stopped sharing and walking. Because sometimes you can tell people they don't want to hear that really. They want to do what it is they want to do. So what you have to do is keep walking in the spirit that you don't fulfill the lust of your flesh, that you don't hold unforgiveness, that you don't get angry and clown. You can get angry, but the, the scripture says, say not. Yeah. 
So we thank God this morning. Thank God for Bishop Francis. Thank God for him breaking down what the church is. We are the church. And all of this that I talked about this morning, we need to uh, find out about it. We, we need to put it into action. Lord, you say, don't do it. I don't want to do like Saul did. I don't want to be disobedient. It have been times I wanted to do something so bad, and the answer was no. And guess what I did? Sat down and did not concern myself with it, did not do it, because the answer was no. Yeah, we got a lot in that 30 minutes or so just now. <laughs> it is all right in Jesus' name. Bishop, you have something else you would like to say this morning? Well, I just thank the Lord for the opportunity to to be back with you. Um, I appreciate the work that the Lord is doing through you. And um, all of those who are hearing this broadcast, and you've been on quite some time, um, don't just let it be an entertainment. Don't just let it be a space in the, in the day that you say, okay, well, this is what I do. No, grab hold of the things that, are given, no matter who is speaking. And, you know, even if, uh, as, as Sister Barbara said, e- even if there are some people that mm, not quite what it should be, it should cause you to have an exercise in um, not being deceived. Even, even the stuff that you hear, you should have an exercise in not being deceived. Jesus said it a lot in Matthew 24, be not deceived, be not deceived. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you gotta, you got to make sure, you got to listen for your sake, but to be able to help somebody else out. So pay attention to what happens on Jesus in the morning. Amen. Amen, Bishop. And we got to have you back more often. We'd love to have you come back more often, Bishop, and share and uh, maybe one morning the prophetess, maybe she have a word she would like to bring forth. And uh, just let me know. Just let me know. It's not that you asking. You, I, I open the door. Well, in other words, God opened the door. So whenever you're ready, well, whenever you go ahead. We're going to trust. We're going to trust the Holy Spirit in you. And so when you feel like you want us, just contact us. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got you. I got you, Bishop. Yes. Yes, we're available, especially yes. this time in the morning. We're available. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, then uh, maybe next week again we'll bring you back. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, I'll be in touch with the prophetess because she appear to be doing bookings right now for your bishop, and I know she loves you. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, She's I see her heart for you. Yeah, I see She's her heart organized. for you. I, yeah, I can see the excitement. Oh, Bishop going, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see the excitement in it, uh, in her for you. Yeah, God is faithful. God is faithful. 31 years, he said, marry your best friend. He said, because That's if you right. don't, you ain't got nothing. You don't have, and I agree with him 100%. Who going to treat you better than a best friend? You done told your best friend all your secrets. You done told your best friend all your wants, all your dreams and hopes all your visions, time something happens, you call your best friend to tell them, huh? So if you marry right. your best friend, you in good standing. They'll make it to 55 years. It won't be no problem. 
Yeah, they'll be sitting side by side on the couch <laughs> with the with the with the, with the, uh, the, the throw over them. Hers matching. With the throw, his. yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the throw over your bishop. Hers matching his, and they sitting on the couch still talking. And, and she yeah. might ask him, "Well, honey, do you remember so and so?" He like, "Yeah, I was sixty-five years." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God is faithful. And he blessed, hallelujah, marriage. And now you know they had to fight. They had to fight in there because the enemy always had the married folks house trying to break up something. Yep. Yeah. So it it it, 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 it haven't been all peaches and queens forever. As my mom used to say, flower beds of Eden. It, it haven't always been that. But you see the love. It took love to get them there, 31. It took patience. It, it took maybe some time, uh, I got to forgive you. <laughs> mm-hmm. It took not going to bed, angry with each other. Don't let the sun go down, you know. They, they had to work right. it out. Yeah. 31 years. That took something to get there. I'm telling you the truth. And whatever he, as far as ministry he was in, do you see she came along with him? She supported her husband 100%. She supported her brother in Christ 100%. She supported the man of God 100%. And he do the same for her, the woman of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is faithful. Yeah, when I yeah. hear about this kind of thing and I think on some days it makes me want to say, I want to be married. No, I don't, y'all. I'm playing. The Lord knows the very intent of my heart. He knows. <laughs> I'm being it right now. I'm enjoying the business of things. And uh, I can, you know, uh, keep my mind, you know, on him and yeah. many situations. But I'm just a vessel, and I like being that vessel. Oh, I love that kind of thing. I can show up at the grocery store and God can use me. Over the phone, he can use me. I ain't never saw you a day in my life and he yet can use me. I like all that, but it takes focus. Yeah. It takes some things. And sometimes you thought people was your friend, but you find out they're gone. That, that wasn't your friend. That was just you being a vessel unto the Lord. Did you not remember, Barbara? Oh, he blessed me now. Hallelujah, Bishop. Hallelujah. So glad to hear your <laughs> voice this morning. And I was telling the Lord, thank you, Bishop, because either of us and the prophetess could have been gone. Oh, but God yes. let us live on for the day, March the 1st, 2024. Ah, hallelujah. Thank you, His <laughs> Majesty. Hey, we thank yes. you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for bringing us, God. We give you glory. Hallelujah. We give you the honor. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like him. Uh, 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 Bishop, I don't know if I told you, but Brother Louis passed. Yes, I, I knew about that. Yeah. So last last Friday, yeah, last Friday, I went to his final uh, homegoing celebration through the military. Mm. Yeah, and it was really wonderful. I know Louis would have been excited to have it that way. Yeah. And uh, they, he had a preacher there from the military. He was in the Coast Guard. And uh, it was just wonderful. It was just wonderful. His wife, Sherry, was there. She, she and I sat together holding his hand. And uh, 
the family just gave me time, you know, with Louis celebration and with his wife Sherry. They gave it to me and it was just beautiful. God blessed us. I didn't have to do a thing. I didn't have to say a word. Yeah. <laughs> the preacher did it all and he did an excellent job. Yeah. Wonderful. So I thank God uh, for it. He will be know. missed, but we'll see him again. Yes, we will. I'm waiting on that day because I know you're going to tell me something. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's it. Ooh, we thank God, Barbara. We thank God. We didn't know if we were going to make it this far, but look at here. We made it. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm thankful unto the Lord because it takes something to get there. We got to hold on and have some patience and waiting. Keep working with people, and that's not always easy. But like the songwriters say, we pray our way through. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. Not only does God hear prayer, but he answers. Hallelujah. All right, Sister Jerry, good morning. God bless you. How are you today? I'm good. I didn't mean to press the number one, but I guess God pressed it. I was just laying and listening to what you're talking about. Good morning. Good morning to all. Good morning, Sister Jerry. God bless you. I, I got to cut this other music down. I was in there playing. I was having worship music and listening to you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. But thank you. Good morning, everybody. God is good. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Did you get those birthday pictures from Calvin? I did. I did get them. Yes. All right. Well, good morning, everybody, and may God continue to bless us. Yes. Uh, uh, Sister Jerry. Yes. Sister Jerry, is it a way you yes. can send me his address so I can send him a card and thing? Oh, okay, I'll get that for you. I got okay. to get that for you. He, right. he, he didn't know how to, they treated him wonderful. I saw it. I saw it. That morning they got up, he loved fish. Somebody went and got him some whitings. Mm. He had whitings for breakfast. They gave him red lobster for lunch, and then they gave him birthday cake for dinner. Okay. Will you turn things over to God? He'll fix it. But I see yes, he will. Him. Yes, he will. And I believe Calvin is happy. I think so, too. He had a girl on each side of it. Hmm. Yeah, he was happening. <laughs> and see, he just he wanted. Happy. Yeah, he he just wanted to get out and live. He knew it was. And he's doing life. that. Yeah, so he's doing that now. So he's good, Sister Terry. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that because you don't have him to worry about. I thank God for knowing. Uh, they don't know. They say, Kevin, did you do this? He said yes. They say, Kevin, do you know you're gonna get in trouble for doing that? Yes. They say, but Kevin, you don't want to tell no, no lie about it. No need. No need mm-hmm. to lie. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing. The right, the right growing up. If I can't take your word above all others, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, God. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So, look, Sister Jerry, I have one more quick request to play. And, all right. Uh, all right. God Put bless you. Yes, ma'am. 
Now I gotta go find a song, y'all. I'll bear with me. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Okay, I had it right. Don't worry, we finding it. We finding it. Okay.
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Miss Yolanda Adams. And I'm going to be ready. Ah, yeah, we're preparing daily to be ready daily to share the good news of Jesus and also ready for when he returns because, again, this morning he's coming back looking for his church without spot or wrinkles. And our daily prayer is, Lord, teach us. Hallelujah. Teach us. Yeah. We want to know everything. We want to know how to apply your word. We want to know how to pray. We want to know how to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, teach us. Teach us, Master. We want to know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Again, we thank Bishop Francis for coming this morning. And I thank him for his lovely wife supporting him, uh, coming with him this morning. And we're just grateful unto Almighty God. And next week. Uh, we'll get a hold of them again and, and bring them back and uh, see what the Lord have for us. So if there anyone else have something this morning they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in. Uh, I see Sister Jerry was able to get in this morning. That's a beautiful thing. And her to come in in a while. And she's really been under the weather. And so we keep her lifted in prayer. Keep Sister Sherry lifted in prayer. Keep Sister Dot, keep uh, Sister Irene lifted in prayer. Y'all pray for uh, Minister Ogletree as well. Yeah, keep him lifted in prayer. And Deborah Robinson, Richardson, Richardson, I think it is. We want to keep her lifted in prayer. A friend of mine, Paula, is her good friend from years ago. And uh, she's going through right now. But Paula told me, uh, sent me a message that Deborah is doing better. She's doing okay. And so we thank God that uh, she's still alive and she's still with us. And uh, Paula said she was going to try to get over this weekend to visit with her because she hadn't uh, visited with her for a while. So I know how that go. I hadn't been over to see Jerry uh, in a while as well because uh, I've been over here and been a little busy and this, that, and the other. But soon I plan to go over and visit with her a few hours, you know, not tired her out, but, you know, stay a while, make her laugh, and uh, remind her of the old days and that kind of thing. Yeah, when you've been friends a long time, you can do all of that. So I thank God this morning, and I thank God I can pray. And not only does God hear, but he answers prayers today. And so we are thankful, thankful, hallelujah, to be in his presence. Oh, yeah, Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning. Glory to his majesty. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, if no one else have anything uh, they would like to say, we're in early today, and we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And those that come from LinkedIn to listen, God bless you this morning. And I thank you for all the views and the likes and everything. God bless you. God bless you you over on um, Instagram. God bless you. Thank you for those that come from Facebook and just everywhere, our brothers and sisters overseas. We thank God for you this day. Yeah. So we're going to pray out and uh, we pray again that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 
7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, today we're going to end with uh, our last song of the morning. And after the song, I won't be coming back. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your word. For your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, it's a light unto our path. And forever, O oh God, the word is settled in heaven. And Father, we thank you this morning that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And God, he's yet the word. And we thankful unto you for all you've given us. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Oh, we thank you for what you sent your son to do for us out at Calvary. Even before he got there, his suffering, Lord, he didn't complain. And we thank you today because he was able to redeem us back to you. We come this morning asking, Father, as we depart, that, Father, you would bless every caller and every listener. Lord, every family member near and far, we ask that you would move today in a mighty way for these, your people. And, God, the faithful listeners that come every morning, been coming, God, Lord, we ask that you would move upon them and their households in a special way this day in the name of Jesus. We're asking that, God, you would touch and heal the sick. For, Father, it's you that heal all manner of sickness and disease. There's yet healing in the hem of your garment. And, Lord, we ask this morning as we press in and touch that, God, you would heal every sickness here. In the name of Jesus, we know that you did it for the man by the pool. We know that you called Lazarus forth from the grave. God, we know that there's nothing too hard for you to do. When Abraham went up to sacrifice Isaac, God, you had a ram in the bush. And Lord, we know that you're able to do anything but fail us. Do it for your people this morning. Heal God in a mighty way. There are many going through with their eyes. Lord, some going through in their stomach. Whatever the case may be today, touch and heal right now in the name of Jesus. Or oh, we thank you this morning for your healing power. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise. And Father, we believe you for our healing this day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we ask that, Lord, you would bless those that are incarcerated. Bless preachers everywhere, intercessory prayer people this morning. God, we ask that you would bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem. Bless our brothers and sisters overseas everywhere. And Father, continue to bless America and the leadership of America. Have mercy this morning upon us all. And Lord, straighten us out. Strengthen us. Straighten us out, O oh God, that we'll come boldly before your throne of grace. And, Lord, commit to you that we've been wrong and that we're sinners. Lord, help us today as Americans to get it right with you. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask it all. Thank you for Bishop Francis and Prophetess Francis this morning. Lord, I ask that you will continue to bless them, open up doors and make ways. Lord, give them rest when they need. But, Father, I ask that you give them spiritual energy and physical energy because you're not through with them yet. And, Father, we thank you. We ask that you would bless that family. Lord, we ask that you would cast your anointing upon them. Lord, loose your ministering angels to stand watch to shield and protect them. Keep them from all hurt, harm, and danger. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hey, glory. Huh? Hey, thank you. Thank you. Huh? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Father. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God Jehovah upon you today, March the 1st, 2024, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and we're going to our last song of the morning, and after this one, we won't be coming back today. God bless you. I'm so delighted to be here tonight, and I'm grateful for Jesus Christ and for what he means to me. And I don't know how I got here on Indian night, but I'm here. (laughs) I'm so grateful today because I can say that I have Christ in my life. And at the early age of nine years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. My father was what we call a bootleg preacher. He didn't want to own up to being a preacher. He was in Bible college, and um, he never wanted to be a preacher. He was a businessman. And nevertheless, the Lord kept talking to him. And once the Lord puts a hook in your jaw, you can't escape. And I remember him being invited to a little church about 60 miles out from Los Angeles where we are from. And this was a little church, the kind of church that even had the little outhouse in the back. And there was no musician there or anything. And um, my dad didn't know whether whether it was the Lord's will for him to be there because he didn't want to be a preacher anyway. And um, they said, oh, this is our pastor. And they wanted him so much to uh, be the pastor of this little country church after hearing him speak that afternoon. And time went on, and uh, my uncle, which is a, a presbyter of Southern California, asked him, he said, uh, Ben Crouch, why don't you go out there and just kind of get the church organized? He said, well, Ben, that the church doesn't have a musician, I'm going to pray, if God wants me to be there, I'm going to pray that God will give Andre the gift of music so he can play for the church. And uh, I had just accepted the Lord at the age of nine, and I was about 11 years old at the time. And my dad calls me up out of the audience and says, Andre, if God were to give you the gift of music, would you use it for his glory? I said, yeah, daddy. You know. <laughs> and then he prayed for me right there. And two weeks later, he said, okay. Here you are. He just stuck me up on the piano. I began to play. And I had a bad stammering problem. I couldn't say over three words without either kicking somebody or pounding the floor, something like that. And I wanted so much to express myself. And I was so grateful for the gift of music and how God had touched my life. And right there, I knew that God was going to use me. And I was just sharing with Brother Graham how, watching some of the telecast. How I, I, I was so blessed, and I said, oh, if I could just sing, and people would be there and find Jesus, you know. And uh, it just impressed my life and put a, uh, just really enriched my life at a very early age. And now God has taken us to about 40 different countries of the world, and I've seen him do so many miracles. How three and a half years ago, I was sick unto death, and I found Jesus Christ to be a healer. And I tell you, he's everything. And I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to tell everybody, all the young people especially, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. You'll never regret any moment that you've given your heart to Jesus. And a song that he's given me after a hard time in my life, 
a particular time I thought I couldn't sing, I thought I couldn't smile, but he gave me this little song, and I trust that it should be a blessing to you. I've had many tears and sorrow. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times when I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation. That all my trials come to only make me strong. places and I've seen millions of faces but there were times when I felt so all alone but right there in my lonely hour it became a precious lonely hour for Jesus let me know that I was his own now I can say I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, oh yes. I've learned to depend upon His Word. know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in the Word of God could do. But now I can tell the world that through it all, mm, through it all, oh yeah. Don't you know I've learned to trust in Jesus? I've learned to trust in God. Then I learn 
there twice to take the trash out. You finish in here? Oh, that's you. Give me the back. 
And I thank him for how he's brought me through. 